The big question is, will you participate? Because there are lots of people who stands as spectators in the church today. Hallelujah. People who just sit down, you know, a spectator. A spectator is not on the field of play. If you go to watch a game, a match, whether it's the Cowboys match or the Dallas style, regardless of the match that you have gone to watch, you sit in the rack, you sit in the balcony, or you sit around the field, and you watch those that are on the field playing. You are a spectator. Praise the Lord. Amen. But the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, God is not calling spectators. God has not called spectators. Amen. Amen. None of us should be spectators in the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. None of us should be spectators in the kingdom. The kingdom, God does not want spectator in his kingdom. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is not about you being a spectator. God wants you to participate in his kingdom. He wants you to be a part of his kingdom. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to be a part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why he called disciples and he said, go and make disciples of nations. Go and what? Make what? Disciples of nations. Go out and make disciples. This thing is not you set there because of position, you know the church today has because of the religious, uh, 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 the religious hierarchy, the religious things that we are set up in the church today. People think that when you are an elder, you shouldn't, you shouldn't make disciples, you shouldn't witness for Christ, you shouldn't tell anybody for Christ because you are arrived. Some people think when you are a trustees in the church or you are ministers in the church, you're not supposed to tell anybody about Christ anymore. Because you have arrived in the church. And so you have a lot of people in the church that just sit down and want others to go and do the work and they will do nothing. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. I hope pastor is not talking to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are called to be participants in the kingdom of God. We are called to partake, to take part in the kingdom of God, in the work of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. He said, we are workers together with him. God didn't call us to be separated from him. He said, we are workers together with him. We are in this thing together. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus wants to live his life through us. Jesus is not living his life in the absence of us. He is living his life through us. If Jesus will touch someone, he will use us to touch that person. We are the hands, we are the feet, 
We are the arms, we are the eyes of Jesus. Amen. If Jesus needs a hand, it is you and I that he depends upon to stretch thy hands. Okay. If Jesus needs a feet to use, we are the feet that Jesus was used to go to win that loss for him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you following me? Amen. So that's what makes us what? Participant. Praise the Lord. Amen. If Jesus wanted us to be spectator, he would not have given us the commission. He wants us to be a part of this thing. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And this gospel has not been given to angels to preach. It has been given to men to preach. Praise the Lord. So, will you participate in the harvest? God does not want a spectator in his kingdom. We are, the Bible tells us that we were intentionally created by God. We were what? Intentionally, God, it was, it is not a mistake. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It is not a mistake that you were born. Praise the Lord. Amen. No matter how you were born, you were born. It was not a mistake. So don't never think, don't think that your birth was a mistake. And you living today is a mistake. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God has kept you for a purpose. He has a purpose for your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I don't care what people may say about you or what people may have said about you. You need to keep it, put it in the back of your head. Because there are lots of people when you go, they try to tell you all kinds of stories to tell you look that you are not good for nothing you are good for nothing and in fact sir, it was a mistake that you even on this planet earth you are not a mistake the bible says the bible tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made praise the lord so god created us intentionally with a purpose in mind praise the lord and we need to keep that in our, the back of our mind that we were created intentionally by God. Amen. Amen. If I was created intentionally by God, if Jesus died on the cross and when he rose, he gave us the commission, he tells us that we must go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, why are we then sitting on the fence and watching other reap the harvest, why are we sitting on the fence then? If the harvest is God's heartbeat, and the harvest we are speaking about is the harvest of souls, if the harvest is important to God, if God wants us to win souls, soul winning is important to Him, why then are, is the church sitting on the fence? The church, we are the church. Why are we sitting on the fence and not reaping the harvest? Why? It's a question that we need to ask ourselves as children of God. 
Why are we sitting on the fence and watching others reap the harvest? Some of us want other people to do it. God, I am not the one who you want to reap this harvest. Let others reap the harvest. I will sit back and watch them reap the harvest. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of us, God placed us in positions for a purpose. Some of you don't know why God placed you in certain positions. Hallelujah. God will not allow you to take will give you, He will not give you a position if you don't have a purpose for it. As a child of God. You must know you must know when God places you in that position, it is for a purpose. Amen. God didn't put you in authority for nothing. He placed you in authority with a purpose in mind to advance his kingdom. If you're not advancing God's kingdom, I don't care what other people can say, well, you don't preach to people on a job, but you have a way of reaching people. Mm -hmm. You do have a way of reaching people. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 You can tell me, say, well, you've got the, the argument that people have, oh, this thing here, that my job, or I can tell nobody that Jesus loved them. That's a lie. You can tell anybody that Jesus loved them anyway. That's right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And when God places you in that place of authority, He put He places you in that position for a reason, so that your testimony as a child of God can be seen. Amen. Hallelujah. Then they can ask, "What? I mean, your employee, those who are associated or people that honor you, can you are can say that you are different from the other managers that I have." I have been having managers, but you are different. What makes you different? Because of Jesus that is in me. Amen. Hallelujah. And because of that, you can share the love of Jesus. God will not put you in a place of influence for nothing. Not only in position, but in a place of influence. There are you, so many of you have influence over people. God has given influence over people. What are you doing with the influence that God has given to you? Amen. 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 Are you using your influence to advance the kingdom? Or are you using that influence for your own good? Only. You are no one to chop. We let chopping business. We are you instead of you using that position of influence, that place of influence to advance the kingdom, you only looking at what you can get. What you can get out of that place. And it is wrong as children of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know I was saying if I was in Liberia at this time. I know all, if any, I have any minister or senators or representative in my church, they will leave my church. Because I will drive them out. I will tell them plainly, you can make the difference. Don't bring no stolen money to me. Get out. Go where you can give. I will be very plain. I'm telling you. Because the church has lost its flavor. The church is losing its flavor 
of preaching the gospel. Instead, there are a lot of people in the church. We got people in the church that holds position of authority, influence. Eh? Mm -hmm. And they said that in our pulpit, and we said that in our pews, and the pastors acquire because of what they can give. Mm -hmm. You don't want to give, you go out. Yes. <laughs> Get out. I don't want your money. God's church. It's God's church. God will provide his money for his church. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's where the church needs to get to in these last days. Otherwise, the devil will be sitting right on the front seat of the church every Sunday and we'll be clapping for them. We're looking for devil with no home. We're looking for something with no home while the devils are sitting there wrecking our Right on, uh, I mean, on our front <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's about time that the church wakes up and begin to use this influence for the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So God has given you those platforms. He has given you the position. Are you using it to glorify him? What can you point to as your fruit in the kingdom? Some of you, some of us who are in this church, what can you point to as your fruits in the kingdom since God gave you that position or that place of influence? That's right. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You can point to nothing. You can point to one soul. Amen. Yeah. It is not all about money, it's about soul. Because souls last into eternity. It's what will speak for you in eternity. When God gets ready to reward on that great marriage feast, he's not going to reward you based on the money. He's going to reward you all based on the souls. If your, star, if your crown will have any stars on it, it will be the stars of souls. Not money. You got any one of us can give money and bastard. Any of you can give. The more money you get, the more star you can get. They'll put you on Hollywood for walk of fame. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. Amen. But the souls that you win for the kingdom is what takes you, that is what will speak for you in eternity. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that's why we must begin to refocus. We need to refocus our eyes on the right thing. Making the main thing, the main thing which is so winning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. People that are friend, we are friends with. People that we have in, uh, been influenced over. People that God has given us influence over. How are we influencing them positively? Praise the Lord. Are we telling them about Jesus? Are we sharing the love of Jesus with them every opportunity we have? Amen. Amen. There are special events in this church. Do you say, well, come, come worship with me this Sunday. Praise the Lord. Come worship with me. I know you have your church. But come worship with me. You never know what God will do in the lives of that person. Praise the Lord. What are you doing? Some of them don't even have church. 
Some of them have stopped going to church. It's an opportunity. We need to use every opportunity that God has blessed us with to reach souls for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, with that in mind, I want to go back to my the story, the account that I gave you in Matthew, I mean, it's in John chapter 4, verses 1 to 42. The story, the account is given about a woman called the Samaritan woman. Say the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan. This is the account in John chapter 4. We always use it only on worship when a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers, then when they want to talk about worship, oh, the Bible says that you, you worship, but this is not just about worship. Huh? This is about participating in the harvest. This woman, this story, this account, tells us about this woman participating in the harvest that Jesus saw in Samaria. Are you following me? Huh? Jesus saw a harvest in, in a village in Samaria. And he may have been looking for someone to use to get to this village. And this woman was a perfect opportunity for Jesus to get into this village and reap harvest from that village. Amen. Are you following me? So the story is not just about worship, but it's about also participating in the harvest. People that God, people that are not participating in the harvest are not excited about Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason why people don't participate in the harvest is because they're not excited about Jesus. You have no excitement about Jesus. You're excited about every other thing. You're excited about your African show. Your series then that you watch on TV. Hmm? You know what you're excited about. Some of you got your secret excitement. I'm not, I don't know them, but you know them. You're excited about those things. But how many of you can say you truly and really excited about Jesus? No excitement. Some of you come to church only as a duty, but not as an excitement any longer. As a what? As a duty. Well, if I'm going to church, people will be asking me why I'm going to church. Eh? Eh? But there is no excitement about Jesus in your worship. Your worship time, the worship time speaks in. You don't even want to sing. You don't even want to dance on the Jesus. You think you're dancing for me? You're not dancing for me because I don't want to see your crooked dancing. Mm -hmm. You're not dancing for me. I don't want you to dance for me. I can dance, so I don't want you to dance for me. I dance for myself. If I just move my body the day I dance for myself, you dance for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. No excitement about Jesus. People are not excited about Jesus. 
Some people just come to pass them. Well, I was in church today. I have passed that time. Oh, one, two hours. I passed that time. I can go home now. I can get back on my series. <laughs> and that will excite you when you when you hear them. Some of them will prepare barbecue, prepare snacking all for the series. I read to eat my series. I'm ready to watch my series now. Nobody disturb me. But when it's time for the kingdom. I'm being, I'm being real with you. When it, talk, when it talks about the kingdom, that excitement is no way there. You don't have no excitement for Jesus. Praise the Lord. The word of God tells us that Jesus knew that the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Let us read. I just want us to read a few verses. Though Jesus himself did not baptize them, then his disciples did. So he left Judah and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Even eventually he came to a Samaritan village of Saska near the field that Jacob gave to his son. Uh, in the King James, said that he must have need to go through Samaria. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is on a mission. And the Bible tells us that he felt a little bit hungry. He stopped at this well I will just give you the account. He stopped at the well that Jacob did for his sons. And while sitting, this woman, during noonday, comes to the well to draw water to drink. Water. Whatever to drink or the babe or whatsoever. But she came for water. Praise the Lord. Jesus has sent his disciples to get them some lunch. It was lunch time. Praise the Lord. And so this woman comes to the well to draw water, and Jesus approached her and said, Give me to drink. Praise the Lord. And you know the, the you, you know the story, the account. And Jesus told this woman, if you know who is asking you for water to drink. You will allow him to give you what living water. And their conversation went on. Jesus used a what? A drink conversation. A drink of water conversation to get this woman to participate because his his desire, the need that he had to go through Samaria, well, there was a person in it, I believe, there was a person in the spirit of Jesus that looked. There is a village that is ready. The Bible tells us that what? The harvest, the harvest. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he sent laborers in his in his field. He is the one that what? That prepares the harvest field. So don't think that what you are entering into that Jesus has not already prepared. These people were prepared for a harvest. God has prepared them for a harvest. 
And Jesus knew that this was the time. But to enter this harvest, this village, Jesus was a he was born as a Jew. And the Jews had no dealing with the Samaritan, especially the men. Men, men, a man Jew talking to a Samaritan, even even the man, man to man self, it's hard for the Jews to talk to another man from another place. Uh, we, I went to Israel, we experienced the Jewish men there, they will not even want to talk to you. They see you, say they don't want to talk to you because you're not Jew. We are flying in a Jewish plane and all. They will serve them first even before us. They say this is Israel, this is not this is not America. Where your God equal rise. Mm. I tell you, where where else be calling for your right business? This is our country, our plane, our country. Yes, so we treat you like how we treat your people in our country. So we were there. You go. Those Jewish people don't know you want. Do you want to talk to you? Say hi even to you. I went to the war, to the Western War, and not one Jewish man even say hi to me. They were all part of that. None of one of them say hi to me. So imagine a woman who was a Samaritan, and the Bible says that G, the Bible says that his disciple returned. From bringing, from buying the lunch, and he sees Jesus talking to this Samaritan woman. They wanted to ask him a question, but they kept them more quiet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jesus, you trying to run your G on this woman or what? That's some of you see, you got some corrupt-minded people. Mm -hmm. huh? They can see a pastor talking to a woman. They say, "Oh, look at the pastor when that woman there." And so. Those corrupt ones in their mind would have said, What Jesus been talking with a woman here alone? Why you didn't wait for us to come quick and talk to the woman? <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. So they return and they see Jesus talking with this woman. Jesus has struck a conversation for water. And his intention was not water, his intention was the harvest that was in that. Samaritan village. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He needed a point of contact. He needed a point of what? Contact someone that could be a workman. Someone that they could work together to enter that village. And so Jesus used this woman as this Samaritan woman as that point of contact. And so when Jesus began to minister to her, and Jesus, this is one of the first times that Jesus revealed himself as being the Messiah. And he revealed it to this Samaritan woman. The woman said, we know that Messiah come. And he said, I that am talking to you, I am he. I am the Messiah. Praise the Lord. Many times Jesus would not talk about his, uh, about his Messiah role. But this time, he chose to reveal his Messiahship to this woman. Praise the Lord. Amen. And this woman, when this woman heard that she was talking to the Messiah, mm -hmm. she got excited. Hallelujah. A sickness filled her. Hallelujah. 
I am talking to the Messiah. Not to a king, but to the Messiah. Because she knew about the Messiah. So when the Bible tells us that when this woman, when, 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 when Jesus told her that he was the Messiah, after he had talked to her about all the things that she'd been going through in life, the life that she'd been living, the word of God tells us there was an excitement that rose up in this woman's spirit, in this woman. And the word of God tells us that she ran when the disciples then came, she left and she ran back to her village. She ran back to her village to tell the men of that village, come and see a man. Come and what? See a man. This man is not like you men who try to hustle me around you. This is not the man because all of them were trying to hustle her. She said, come and see a man that told me everything. Things then that I didn't, that nobody knew about. That I've kept one-on-one. I said, well, we die with me. There are some people doing life, they say they will. Nobody will go feeling forgiving me. I'll keep it right here. You know what I'm talking about. There are some things that you are never shared with nobody that your personal and private secret. Personal and what? Private, private secret. But God has forgiven you already, so I got time for that secret. It is been you. God has taken care of it. You can move on with your life. Hallelujah. Move on with your life. Move on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you want to share it, it's up to you. If you want to share it, it's up to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so Jesus woman said, come and see a man who told me everything that I knew. And so when Jesus, at the result of that, the people ran. The men of that village ran to where Jesus was. And they said, Lord, Jesus, this woman told us, you told, told you, you told her everything. Now is our turn. Tell us about ourselves. Yes. We want to know about what? Ourselves. And Jesus began to share. They say, in fact, sir, you're not even living from you. You so go, but you stay in our village. Jesus spent days in that Samaritan village preaching, sharing the gospel. And the village got saved. God used a woman who chose, God chose a woman to participate in the harvest. Amen. 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 So God is using, looking for people. He is looking for people who will participate. But the first thing is, if you're not excited about him, if you're not excited, you are not excited about the harvest, how can you tell others? You're not excited about Jesus. Because it takes excitement. That excitement. What Jesus has done for you. Are you excited about what Jesus has done in your life? Have Jesus done anything in your life? Not lately. Not lately because some of you, only when Jesus do new things, then you're excited. <laughs> oh, Jesus, give me 
God, Jesus gave me a horse. Hallelujah, John. Hallelujah, John. Then you are silent. The horse get old. You stay in the horse for six months and you you you, you tired with the horse now. No more excitement. Oh, when someone asks you why Jesus don't, oh, he do nothing for me lately, so I can be excited. The day I will be excited again unless he do something new for me. But what Jesus has done for us, he has saved our soul from sin. He has translated us from darkness to light. Something that you could never pay for. You can never pay for it. What Jesus has done for us. And that should make us excited. Every time we think about Jesus, we must get excited because of what he has done for us. If it, it had not been, if he had not died on the cross, if he had not given his life for you and myself, where we would have been today. That is the excitement that should always be in our heart. That we should always be excited when we hear the name Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. He has done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. He has been so good to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just excited because of what he has done for me. Hallelujah. You need to stir that emotions, that stir up within you, that emotions. That emotion about what Jesus has done for you. When that emotion is stirred up in you, that excitement, that is what we call excitement. When it is stirred up in you, People will not ask you who Jesus is. You will be telling them who he is. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. No, people will not be asking you who he is. You will be telling them who he is. Because of what he has done for you. Friend, I was on my way to hell. I was dying going to hell. You see me today. If you are seeing see me back then. This person that you see today, it is because of the grace of God. It is because of what Jesus did in and through my life. Amen. That excitement will drive you continuously to share the goodness of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This woman was excited so much about Jesus until she left a water park. She came with her water pot to draw water. She left the what? She left the water pot there. That's what excitement can do. Some of you need to leave your water pot. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about your water pot. Those movies, then those things, then that one that got you so entrenched. Eh? You need to leave them and go. And share Jesus with someone. Praise the Lord. She left a water pot to go and tell. So what will you leave today to go and tell? Show to, to show yourself and give your what? What will you leave today? This woman left her what? She left her water pot and went. Praise the Lord. She left her what? Her water pot. And left it and went to what? To tell people because she was excited about Jesus. 
I pray that that excitement, that the Holy Spirit will, will cause that excitement to be stirred up on the inside of us. There's excitement about Jesus, not about a church, not about a man, but about Jesus, the King of Kings. That excitement. And I'm telling you, when you are excited about Jesus, hallelujah, God can do the impossible through your life. When you are excited about Jesus, the things that you would normally not do, you will find yourself doing. Because that excitement, that woman will not normally go in her village that they are running and sharing such a good news. But because she was excited that she has spoken to the Messiah himself, and he has told her things that she herself has not told anyone. That excitement alone, she knew he was the Messiah. Amen. And you and myself, we have the Messiah living on the inside of us. You have Jesus living. He's living in on the inside of us. Are we not excited? Why are you so sad? Why are you so mournful? Why are you so downcast? Why is your spirit so downcast? Don't you know that you have the Messiah living on the inside of you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Don't you know that the joy of your strength lives on the inside of you? Amen. Don't you know that the one that does impossible things lives on the inside of you? Yeah. Why are you downcast? Get excited about him. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. His blood flows through my, the blood that flows through my veins is his blood. Praise the Lord. Emmanuel's blood now flows through my veins. Yes, I was born in a, fam or in a family in this time, but the blood now that flows through me, it is the same blood that flows through every one of us. Hallelujah. 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 So my blood type has changed. My blood type now is Jesus' blood type just as yours. We have the same blood type. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's what makes us unique. That's what makes the church unique. And I want to encourage you this Sunday. Let that excitement stir up within you about Jesus. Amen. 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 And so this woman participated. She participated in the harvest. Amen. The Bible says, the men at the end of the camp, the people say, yes, it was good that you came and told us about Jesus, but we ourselves have won him for ourselves. We have won him for our what? Ourselves. Thank you that God used you to bring him to us, but we are going for ourselves. And we have made our own decisions from the day. Praise the Lord. Amen. And that village, that Samaritan village, got to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Amen. Praise the Lord. The kingdom of God came to that village because a woman who in society was despised. Praise the Lord. She was a despised woman. That's why she came out at that time. 
Remember Reha the Holler? Praise the Lord. That's what this woman's situation she had. She lived an immoral life. She lived her lifestyle. People knew her lifestyle. But when Jesus met her that day, her lifestyle turns, turned around. Praise the Lord. So I don't care what people may have known about you. Your lifestyle could be a good opportunity to reach people for Jesus. Amen. 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 Jesus used this woman with a lifestyle who had several husbands, and the one she was married to was not even her own. Hustling on someone else's husband. Jesus used such a person to what? To reach a village. It's not that Jesus supported what she did, but she was a perfect. She was she was a tool. She could be used as a tool. She made herself available. Anyone that makes yourself available, no matter how the world receives you, Jesus sees you in a different manner. Amen. If you make yourself available, he can use you for his glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Then how much more? Many of you can say you many of you don't have this woman testimony. Hmm? You don't have this woman testimony. So that means your testimony is far more better than this woman's testimony. In your community. Huh? You're not hustling. Many of you women here, you're not hustling other people or men. Many of you men here, you're not hustling other people or women. How many of you men hustling other people or women around you? You're not hustling other people or women. You don't have that testimony. Morally, many of you in your Morally, many of you in your may be morally sound. People will say, oh, that man is morally good. Why can you use that to advance the kingdom? But God, Jesus could take a woman who morally was not good and use her for an entire village to be saved. How much more about you who may not have this moral deficiency what are you doing with where God has placed you? That is the point I'm trying to make. Because many of you think that you're not, in, you're not adequate to, you, you don't have the ability to tell people about Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want you today, I want you to get excited about Jesus. Get excited about Jesus. And when you do that, Everything else will change. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. I have more point, but I will stop right here. Just get excited about Jesus. Amen. Let's stand to our feet.